You're listening to the PowerPlace Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch a service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org. What a great day to be in God's house. Amen. It's cold on the outside, but it's warm on the inside. Praise God for heat. Amen. Sometimes we don't think about the things that were normal, we're used to, things that we kind of take for granted. But when your heater breaks, you know. So we thank God for all he's doing. Uh, Today is a very special day. Today is Pastor Landon's birthday. And I think I heard Caleb Torres' birthday as well. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It's a good day. What a, what a first Friday service we had on Friday night. I know uh, many thought that the ice was going to come. Now, I've learned something in my 60, almost four years of living that if you listen to the weather report, you'll never do anything. It's, I'm serious. They, they don't get much right ever. Once in a while, they'll prophesy something that actually happens. But um, anyway, we drove here on, on uh, wet roads and we went home on dry roads. So praise the Lord, and what a powerful time in his presence. First Friday of every, every month, uh, we are here, and we just spend time in God's presence, and it's powerful. And let me, let me just give a shout out to our broadcast team, because they, they carry online at all times. They're, they're incredible. Uh, they're working right now. Some are back there, some are in here, some are roaming, uh, making sure everything's working right. So, and many of us enjoy that online ministry. It's expanding. We're reaching more people because of your generosity. And I want to thank you for that. And, and also, let me give a shout out to our cleaning crew. Our cleaning team. Yeah. If you're part of the cleaning team, we see you. We thank you. Um, You come in after we mess it all up, and you make it right. Praise the Lord. Anybody happy to be in God's house today? Amen. Shout out to Jill Scannell. How you doing, Jill? Praying for you. Believing God for a miracle. Praying for Wendy. Believing God for a miracle for you as well. And many others. I know God is, is working. And um, we trust him every step of the way. We're watching miracles happen in progress. Amen. Amen. This is an exciting time. And uh, I'm just thrilled to be in the middle of it. Amen. So if you have seats available near you, just kind of raise your hand because I see we've got a new section over here. 
We've got some back over in this area if you need seats. All right, a couple down front here. Um, everything else is pretty much taken. This is a good problem. The problem we're praying about, asking God how to take what, what the next step is and take that step. An elderly lady came to the bank. She asked if she could withdraw $10. I told her she had to use the ATM for all withdrawals under 100 So she said, if, ask if she could withdraw $1,000 in $10 denominations. I did what she asked, though it was very tedious. Counted it out, handed the $1,000 and $10 bills to her. She thanked me, took $10, and asked me to deposit 990 Don't mess with elderly ladies. I'm just saying. They're smarter than you. They've been around longer. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. While a woman was out of town, a neighbor came to borrow a fancy pie pan. Of course, the woman's husband was happy to lend it to her. The pie pan was returned a few days later filled with an apple pie. And when the woman asked her husband where the pie came from, he told her about the loan and explained, our neighbor said she never returned something without filling it up. Well, his wife said, great. Next time, let her borrow our checkbook. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I just went over my bank account, figured out I can live comfortably if I quit my job without working the rest of my life. As long as I die on Friday, we're all good. Bank accounts are shrinking, the economy is failing, and God's kingdom is prospering. Because we live in this world, but we don't live of this world. We're not a part of this world, except that we're just passing through. We have our eyes fixed on a kingdom that does not fail, a kingdom that cannot fail, a kingdom that is eternal. There is a king and he sits on the throne and he's not you. Aren't we all glad about that? Awesome, sovereign, almighty God. Praise the Lord. Well, today we begin a new series, What's Love Got to Do It? What's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? Now, see, Tina got it wrong there. Because love is not a second-hand emotion. I understand the premise of the song. It's, it's, it's not a good song. I get that. It, it's all about an understanding of Let's just say relationships that aren't right. And God wants our relationships to be right. Therefore, he gives us instruction. He gives us direction. He gives us encouragement and shows us what relationships should look like. He shows us what love really is all about. Love is a big deal. And relationships are a big deal. John chapter 3, verse 14, 
just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now, this references a moment in, in Israelite history when the snakes broke out, people were dying, and so Moses put a snake on a cross, lifted it up on a tree, and everyone who gazed on the tree, everyone who fixed their eyes on that snake on the tree were healed. And John says... Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Jesus Christ became sin on your behalf. He became your sin, and he crucified your sin on the cross. Now that's love. What's love got to do with it? That's what love's got to do with it right there. He loves you so much that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And then verse 16, which we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. What a gift. What love. For God did not send, verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. And this is what most people think. Oh, Jesus came. He came to condemn me. He came to put me down. He came to say, oh, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. He says, no, he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only son. What love the father has shown to us. First John 3, 1. See what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. Look at your neighbor and say, child of God. Looking good today. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. You can't encounter God's love without it making a change in your life. Everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. That encounter with God, and many of you, you understand this church is built on that premise, encounter, empower, and engage. We, we do everything we can so that you can have an encounter with Almighty God, the living God, 
the God who will change your life radically if you'll let him. When you have an encounter, a power encounter with God, it changes everything. Then he begins to equip you and empower you and send you out to engage with your world. Because he loves the world, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world. And, and I got I to gotta confess today, there are times when I'm driving. And I'm thinking to myself, God, how could you love that? Why? I don't understand. Incompetence is a big deal to me. But I've asked forgiveness many times. I, just the other day, I'm, I'm driving, and I'm like, what? Who, what? Um, Lord, I know you love them just as much as you love me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm not cussing at them, okay? But there's something going on in my heart that I've got to get rid of. Every human being you see, those you don't see, God loves them. And he, he gave himself for them. Not just for you. He gave himself for them that they might have eternal life. What an awesome God. And, and he doesn't care about their incompetence as much as I do. But if you have this hope that you're a child of God, you'll purify yourself. And th those are those moments where you catch yourself. You say, okay, that doesn't, that doesn't belong. That doesn't reflect my father. Okay? Anybody ever having a moment like that? Am I the only one? That doesn't reflect my father. Something's got to change in me. Even though I'm doing pretty good in a lot of areas, that doesn't reflect my heavenly father and his love for those around me. And so I purify myself just as he is pure. First John chapter three, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. You ever wonder what love is? This is how we know. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Love for others is a big, fat, hairy deal. It's not just, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Oh, who are you? I hate you. I love you, God. I love you, God. Oh, you're an idiot. I love you, God. I love And yeah, that's not how it flows, see? There's this love for God, but real love lays down its life just like Jesus did. If anyone has material possessions, sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? It's a good question. And, and the, the response is it really can't. So he says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, 
but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's the word of God. It's really good. Yeah. So this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Because you'll know many times when you come into the presence of God, your heart's just not at rest. You're, you're messed up and you know it. And he said, here's how you can set your heart at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God's greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, First, first things first, and to love one another as he commanded us. Oh, that's where it gets real sticky, right? Because what's love got to do, got to do with it? And God says it has everything to do with it. You can't just love me with your words. I want to see some fruit. I want to see some action when you deal with people around you. Because it's easy to worship and, and love a God you can't see. And then you deal with the people you can see. You're like, what? Because they're repulsive. Right? Okay, nobody here is as wicked as I am. <laughs> We're dealing with things. We're dealing with people. And they're not always friendly and kind and nice and agreeing. Got all this stuff going on. And that's exactly who God wants to use you to minister to. Come on now. Where am I at? This is his command, verse 23, John, 1 John 3, 23. This is his command. This isn't his suggestion. This is his command to first of all, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And secondly, to love one another as he commanded us. Well, does that mean I have to love my wife like that? Yeah. And it's usually those closest to you that rub you the wrong way. Right? And there's a reason for that. God puts you in close proximity with people that will touch your buttons and sometimes even push your buttons. And there's a reason for that because he wants to deal with some stuff in your life. I never had any issues when I was single. 
At least I thought. I know you're watching, baby. Someone said, marriage isn't to make you happy, it's to make you holy. God didn't design it for your happiness. He designed it so that you can be chipped away. Some of the stuff that that your mom and dad didn't deal with. You know, now I'm meddling, but I'm going to meddle a little bit. I thought, okay, because my mom allowed it, I thought the clothes on the floor just got back into your drawer somehow. (laughs) Dirty clothes. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. Now, I know none of you are that bad. But I found out when I got married, that's not the way the cycle works. Somebody has to physically pick that thing up, put it in the hamper until it's time to wash, do the wash, fold the clothes, dry them, fold them, put them back in the drawer. How many of you knew that that was a cycle? I didn't know that because my mom allowed me not to deal with that stuff. I felt it was a blessing. All right. I don't know how I got onto all that, but. First John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And see, that, that, that is where you start to recognize some of God's kids because they act like God. They do what God does. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And if you're not acting like your heavenly father, you're probably not related. And I don't don't say that in a condemning way. I just say that that's pretty pretty normal way to see it because if if we can't see the love of God in you and how you're treating your fellow humans I have an issue with with pastors that that are always bossing people around and not leading them because a shepherd leads and I don't know I, I just He said, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Are you seeing a a pattern here? Dear friends, 
Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Luke chapter 10, verse 25, on on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, that's not a a good idea. Because Jesus always wins the test. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. You win the cookies. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Like, do I have to do this to everybody? Who's my neighbor? He replied, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a priest, I mean, so to a Levite, these are the religious people, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, one who was looked down upon in their society, A Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He had empathy. He felt what the man was feeling. He didn't just look down on him, oh, pity that man, but he felt the same feeling. He went to him. Everyone else went around him, crossed the street so as not to get any kind of that on them. Didn't want to be defiled because I've got a meeting at the temple and I can't deal with that if I'm going there. And so I'll just skirt around, act like I didn't see it. I don't know if you've ever looked in the eyes of a beggar. When you make eye contact, it changes everything. The Levite came along and he said, oh, I can't deal with that right now because oh, that's, that's nasty and I, I got things to do and places to go. And the Samaritan came along and he went to him. He took pity on him. He saw him. And verse 34 says, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, 
brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Love is costly. Love will cost you time. It'll cost you money. Love will cost you inconvenience. Love is expensive. What's love got to do with it? Oh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And then Jesus looks at the man and he says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. That's it. It's all the story you need. Because the reality is you know what you need to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. You know. You know what you need to do. So just go ahead and do it. You know if you get involved, it's going to cost you. But go ahead and do that. Have mercy on someone in need. And here's the bottom line. Relationships aren't that complicated. Love God first and foremost, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of variables here. Jesus said, look, let me tell you a story. Which one of them did that? Which one of them showed love? Just go and do that. You know what you need to do in your marriage. You don't need a marriage counselor because you already know what you're doing is wrong. You don't need anybody to, from the outside to look at you and go, man, that was really stupid. Why are you living like that? Because you already know. You know how you're disobeying the law of God. You know exactly what you're doing. So I'm just here to remind you, just love God first and foremost, and then love God your neighbor, whoever's closest to you at the moment, just like you love yourself. Because you're taking care of yourself. You're not letting anything go with yourself. 
If you have a need, you fill it. Not sitting around going, oh, I wish somebody would fill my need. No, you're getting up and doing it. That's getting quiet in here. How do you want to be treated? How do you want to be respected? How do you want to be talked to? What kind of interactions do you want to have towards you? Do that. You want to be loved. You want to be respected. You want to be honored. You want to be treated, right? So do that. Love God first and then love your neighbor just like you love yourself. When my kids were younger, I wrote a song for them. Straight out of, out of the book of Matthew. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Treat your brother and sister like you want them to treat you too. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And as you do to others, the same they'll do to you. Because it's reciprocal. Do good unto others. Be kind to your sister and brother. Oh, oh yeah, do good unto others. Love one another. And, and this is, it's so simple and yet so out of reach for some of us. And it's probably because we don't love God first with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Because until you do the first, it's difficult to do the second. Because you don't love yourself enough to give yourself to the one who loves you. But when you step into his love and he reveals to you who you are, then you want to take care of yourself and you want to bless others. It's just the way it is. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Like, Because <laughs> the Pharisees and the Sadducees weren't really, they didn't see eye to eye. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? They really like to ask that question. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first, this is the first and greatest commandment. What is it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything else that God talked about 
Everything else in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy all hangs on these two. Love God with everything that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else hangs on these two commands. So if we don't get these two right, nothing else is going to fall into place. I was reading my one-year Bible in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19 really jumped out at me. There's six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. <laughs> kind of like broccoli or cauliflower. No, these things God detests. Six things he hates, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in a family. And when I read that last one, I'm like, whoa! Because there's a lot of people sowing discord in families. And if you're that person, God detests you. Hate to break it to you that, that plainly, but if you're involved in this kind of stuff, why does God care so much about this? Because all these things have the greatest commandment in mind. Loving God and loving people. Anything that hurts your neighbor, the Lord hates. And if you're sowing discord in your family, the Lord is against you. Plain and simple. He's not patting you on the back saying, oh, that's okay, it's okay. You keep, you keep throwing that temper tantrum, it's all right. No, he's against you. When you're fighting with your spouse, he's against you. Why? Because he cares. He loves the whole world so much that he gave his one and only son. That everybody has a chance for eternal life. Now, when you're filled with the love of God, you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbors yourself, you have everything you need to minister life to somebody. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you. If you've got the love of God for someone, you have everything you need to bless them. You have everything you need to impart God's love to them. So what's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. It's not a physical thing. 
way deeper than that. So you've got to experience and accept God's love first. And then you'll be able to give love to somebody else. I heard somebody say yesterday, a man without a vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future will always return to his past. A man without a vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future will always return to his past. And some of us keep going back to the mess we were in because we fail to see a vision of the future that God has for us. God says, I know the plans I have for you. I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to bless you. I have plans for a hope and a future for you. But until you receive the love of God, you you can't step into that. So you just keep going back, going back, 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 back to the, the comfy, nasty stuff. But I'm here to tell you today that God loves you so much that he gave his one and only son that you might have eternal life. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to bless you. He came to give you a hope and a future. So Lord, today we thank you Thank you that you love us so much that you gave. And we receive of your love today. Awesome, almighty God. No one has loved us like you have. So Lord, we just, we just want to accept that love. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so well. Thank you for drawing us to yourself by your Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening to the PowerPlace audio podcast. For more resources, or to watch a service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.